on Hassan. We can't take him in Iran. He's not in Iran. Who do we send? Right, that's where we're in position. Bravo team offloads here. Alpha team stays on board to land downrange. This is capture or kill. Ya son más de 10 años metiéndole y todavía sueno como nuevo. Baby no tiene relevo, me sobra el dinero, el respeto y los huevos. Yo, cada movimiento que hago es luego otro nivel de leo. Tú sonaste, te pagaste y no lleva ni la mitad. We're shifting, watch the containers. access to the open beta. All of us want to make a difference. As veterans, we committed to protect our country. We served and sacrificed for the things that mattered most. Those experiences shaped our lives, even if it isn't always obvious to those around us. And now that we've served, our commitments have taken on a new meaning. We're husbands, wives, parents, friends, and neighbors, but sometimes we still feel alone. We forget that our biggest challenge can be to ask for support when we need it. The Veterans Crisis Line is here for all veterans, service members, and their loved ones. Dial 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. Chat online at veteranscrisisline.net. 
or text A38255. It matters. Hello and welcome again to Oscar Mike Radio. My name is Travis. I'm the host. Oscar Mike Radio is part of the Hubazoo Network. You can find out more on hubazoo.com. And as always, I want to thank my sponsors, Joyce Asek of ASEC Real Estate, Army National Guard veteran Mark Holmes of Reaper Detailing and Power Washing. And thank you to my supporters, Simper Savage Salad Dressing, Bottom Gun Coffee, and Quezon Shaving Company. And he's live, folks. He's right here with me right now. People ask me all the time, who is Sinister One and who is Hubazoo? And he's here for number 298, counting down to 300 for Oscar Mike Radio. Keith Hayes, welcome. To the go. Two to go. Six years into this. And I just remember, you know, the day you came up to me at Massasoit and said you had an idea for a show. And I said to you, we can make this happen and I can have you going on the air in less than six months. And you were like, there's no way. And, and sure enough, within a month's time, Travis Oscar Mike Radio was born. And you know what? There were some growing pains, but it was normal because for me, when I teach people how to do a podcast and stuff, I don't. I don't cut corners, I tell it like it is. Yeah. And you know, you could have been like, hey, screw you. You know, I'm not gonna take your advice. And you listen, you know, and, and really, you weren't, there wasn't really anything bad about you. When you came out, you had your show, but it was like listening to a drill sergeant. <laughs> left, and, right, left. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, people are going to get bored real quick of this show. You've gotta engage and come up with a personality. and. I gotta say it, Travis, in the five going into six years that you've done this show, you have come up with a personality that is you, that people can relate to, and it has people coming back to you. Um, and you've grown, you've grown, your production, everything is, is just out of control. We've, what we've done with this show with you is just an amazement for me. Well, in a way, back to the military thing, because you know we're, we're about the military here at Oscar Mike Radio. It, it's about leadership by example, and that's the one thing that, you know, I've seen. You know, you weren't happy with what you were doing. You always kept trying to find little tweaks, improve things, and like, hey, let's try this. And, you know, this was really, really great. And, Travis, that this week was, yeah. But it was always done as we're trying to improve and move forward. And so, you know, today we're mixing it up. Uh, we're wireless, for one. Um, and two, we're at South Weymouth Naval Air Station with the Skyhawk behind us. This is a landmark here on the South Shore of Massachusetts. I'm really honored to be here. It's a beautiful park. And we're going to have some fun with this show because it's not all about being serious in the military. There's some fun, too. We're going to do something really cool, aren't we, Keith? Well, before you announce what we're about to do, I would like to thank one of your guests. Okay. Because if it wasn't for one of your guests that you had interviewed, and you got really deep discussion with this gentleman on your show, and I watched the show, and you talked with him and got really open about not allowing people in to help you. And one of the things about your show that I felt was that your logos and the way you had your show was very generic. It was just kind of one-dimensional. And I said, you know what? For months, I was saying I could make this show really pop for Travis, really pop and get it to where it really needs to be. You won your award, but when the guy came on and you had this deep discussion about 
not letting people in and doing things on your own. And he told you, sometimes, Travis, you got to let it happen. Things better. And I was like, man, this dude is speaking exactly what I said. And now that he said this to you and I saw how you felt about what he said to you, I'm like, you know what? I got to reach out to Travis. And I reached out to you. And you were, you were kind of adamant at first. I was like, let me just test it for you and I'll show you. Show me, show and me the money. Well, that was Colonel um, McGregor, Otis McGregor. Yes. Yep. Uh, he has the uh, business of tribe plus purpose, tribe and purpose. And we talked about that, you know, um, where us military guys, especially, you know, we're supposed to be an army of one. We're supposed to be able to, you know, manage our own stuff. And, you know, yeah, you're right. I built it to this point and it was solid. There's nothing really wrong with it, but you're like, let me come in and try to do it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah, what's he going to do? I've got this. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, the, 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 the 06, the 07 had the little, you know, smack down the Lance Corporal and, you know, the you know patches applied the whole nine yards. And, and, and here we, we went and we got together. We collaborated during that time. Where do we want this to go? How do we want it to look? And the cool thing I can say is, you know, this is why, you know, aligning yourself with someone like Keith Hayes, the sinister one is so important, is we absolutely, in my view, crushed it. It, it looks unique, like and there's nothing else out there like it. You can see it now and people know what it is. And do we tell the Florida story now or later? You can tell it now. I think it's the best time to tell it, to All be right. honest, since we, we know what's going on. All right, well, there's, there's, there's two of them I want to tell you. Um, I was at the Rolling Thunder Chapter 2's big, you know, ride event to Fall River. A gentleman comes up to me who I hadn't known. Hey, you're Traps Lost on Mike Radio. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. He's like, you know, I, I saw your show a couple weeks ago, saw the logo, and I've been listening ever since. And it happened again. It happened four times that day with people I did not know. And then um, the other day, I get a letter, an email, from somebody that I didn't know in the Tampa Bay area. I have no idea who this gentleman is. He's going on that, you know, he was listening to his show on the way home from work, and then they had my show on. He wasn't quite sure about it, but he's like, because you got the email. I showed you the email. Mm -hmm. Yep. You were right after Bill O'Reilly, which is badass. <laughs> he's like, I enjoy your show, and I want to find out how me as a civilian can help other veterans. I'm like... You know, hey man, I got the perfect show for you because, you know, recording this now, but 296 is dropping on the 16th, and it's going to tell you how Alex Jimenez out there in Nashville, Tennessee, as AJ Jimenez, as a civilian, is taking his business and advocating for veterans. How all that got to happen, how he heard it, is just it's working. It's working because it's still all about the, the, the idea of one for me, Keith. All I want to do is make an impact in one life. And it started with me. It started all this time ago where it's not raining, knock on wood, like it was that April and, and you know, six oh, years man, ago. Oh, man, that, was a, that was, it wasn't just rain. It was cold. cold. Remember it, was like, it was like 40, 30 degrees that right. day, like, freezing like rain. Doing the right thing by going <laughs> to this thing. The first annual, it was the first annual Dale Dorman uh, Media Day. At Massasoit Community College, and there's these guys from Hoobazoo talking about you know podcasting. You had it was uh, Ken Diesel, mm -hmm. yourself. Was Tony there? I can't remember. No, Rob Resnick was there. Rob, Resnick was Rob was there. Resnick's first show, right? And you're all talking about that, and I'm like, 
I think this will work. I'm, I'm wondering if these guys will even pay me any attention. Because you know how many people, Keith, over the last you know five, six years have rolled their eyes or flat out ignored me? And it happens to podcasters, and, and it's like, it, it, you get so used to it that it's weird when you have somebody saying, yeah, I think you can do that. So, you know, here we are, and we're just getting better. We're not stopping. And how many of those were hypocrites when COVID hit and all of a sudden they wanted to do podcasts? That was a discussion we had off air that drove right, we, us we, crazy during COVID. We, we, we got to talk about that, <laughs> right? Look, I had several people approach me saying, hey, I'm going to start a show. And a couple of them said, I'm going to start a show and I'm going to kick the out of your show. I'm like, you know, I, I'm not in competition with you. <laughs> I'm in competition with myself. I mean, right. I don't understand where this is coming from. I don't know, Keith. 21 months later, it's crickets. Yeah, yeah. And, and we talked about it. We said that a lot of these people who started podcasts during COVID, once they realize that they're going to go back to work, once they realize they're going to go back to doing this stuff, they're going to realize that this is a lot of work. And that was also one of the reasons why I reached out to you and said, hey, this is the time to kind of change your production because... All these people were coming with podcasts and there were people that pissed me off because they were spending money doing all this extra stuff that they didn't need to do. They were building podcast studios in their homes and all this crazy stuff. And it's like, you don't need all this to give people what they want and touch them mentally and emotionally, which is what your show does. And, you know, you're doing it without pretty much, I mean, not everybody Joe Rogan, you know. And, and you don't need all of what Joe Rogan has. You can do this and touch the people with just basics. So, so here's a question coming in tonight that I have for you because you know you've been doing this longer than I have, and you've seen these trends come and go in Peak and Valley. What is it about the human voice over a pair of earphones that, with all the tech stuff we have and the TikToks and the Reels and the Facebooks, it still is a powerful connector for people? It's because you have to connect, and you know. And the thing is, is if you can connect with people and speak from the heart, not speak from the junk and speak from the fake, and speak from the outer reality. If you can speak from the heart and touch people and know, you know that that power of your voice goes a long way. Unfortunately, the problem that you have right now, your your, your voice can go a long way, but now you either have to be one way. Or another way you can't be in the middle you can't can't be that way anymore and it drives me up a wall and that's a whole different show we can get into that on a whole different well, show well, well people ask me all the time why did, why don't you get more political on Austin Mike radio I said it, it is for that reason mm -hmm. I, I, I said look you know and, and you know we differ politically Keith you and I both know yes that. yes but we still make it work because at the end of the day right needs a constant thing pains a constant thing across humanity we're human beings but you know on my side and your side it's not that way if you're not leaning one way you're cut them out i'm like it's really disappointing it's really disappointing and i don't know how to fix that except for just trying to be what we are right yeah. stay true to self that's really the only way stay true to self and let people that see that you're staying true to yourself and when people say yeah, he's staying true to himself. I bet, you know, I, we had a whole email last night, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I was pissed off because Tony, who co-owns Hoobazoo, he made a comment, and I'm like, this guy doesn't know me. <laughs> like, like, he doesn't know me. He made a comment that I was upset about 
your show being on a red conservative station. I'm like, he doesn't know me. I'm not, I'm not angry. I was a guy who had Kevin Jackson from I was Fox say, on the show for years. Who, <laughs> I'm like, Kevin Jackson, who is like right of Genghis Khan, was on your network for years. He got fired from Fox. He was the most extreme right wing black guy, and and Tony made the comment. I'm like, does he not know? I, I, when it comes to me in politics, I vote for the best person for the job. I've been involved with politics since I was 16 years old, and I voted Republican, I voted Democrat, I voted Independent because I vote for the best person for the job. I voted for Scott Brown, and people are like, but aren't you Democrat? No, I vote for the best person for the job. And that's how I vote. And you can't be that way. you got to be this, you got... It's, like I said, it's another show. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's another show, but you know, I, I do get asked, why don't you, you know, profile politics? Why don't you like, take a political position? I'm like, because that that Separate liberal audience. that liberal senator is. I'm going to write them and ask them to advocate for my brothers and sisters, and I don't care That's what's right. behind their game their That's name. Right. I need them to take care of us, and as long as you're taking care of us, I don't care what letter you have after your name. I mean, and I use an example all the time because look, folks, I'm I'm diehard conservative, and Keith knows that. Ted Kennedy in this state got you Raytheon, got you the uh, the, the 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 labs, right? That that mm-hmm. they, the the the, the, the that skunk works. They've got they've got Biogen too. Right, right, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. All defense oriented in this state. You, you know, several things for the U.S.'s Constitution. Several things military for military dogs, robot dogs. That's the big thing right here, right? Right, right. Yeah. all that, right? He was a Democrat, but he understood what that meant to his state and the country. So, I might not have agreed with a lot of things that you know Ted Kennedy did, and God rest his soul. But I'm not going to sit there and alienate him and his constituents just because I don't agree with everything they do. But you're right, Keith. People want you know, one or zero, black and white. And I'm like, we got to find a way to work together. And, and, and this is what the show is about. This is what the show is about. Um, and as we work together, you know, I've learned a whole lot about, you know, listening, being coachable, what it takes to put on a good show, certain things. Like, I don't know very many podcasters, Keith, who would set up like this and try to make this work. You've always like pushed to say to everybody in your, your crew, push your limits. And speaking of the other people in the crew, let's talk about Matty C and some of the other shows. We got Matty C, Sports for You and Me. He's another guy. He's doing sports. He's doing MMA. We've got Happy Hour with Lito with Kevin Jeffries. He's actually in Ohio. I've never even met the guy, and I've now been producing his show for almost six months remotely. I have uh, Talk Back with Gloria Shea. She covers arts and entertainment, plays and things of that sort. She's also someone I've never met. I'm producing her show from home remotely. She's also in Ohio. She's now hired me to be an executive coordinator for her stage play. And they're actually flying me out in September to be the MC and be part of this executive direction for this state. I've never been involved with a play before. I've never done anything of the sort, but she felt like, man, I've seen what you've done with his show. I've seen what you've done with his show. I see, I need you on my team. Um, she talks football podcast, Baltimore Raven fan. I've been producing her show and, you know, and, and then we've got your show and it's, it's just been amazing to see what Sinister One Productions does. And then on the side, I'm still 
DJing and <laughs> announcing sport games and stuff. It's like cheese and rice. <laughs> when am I going to get the call key to go announce a game? It's coming. It's coming because you know me. Games are Friday night, and you know I, I'm I'm usually DJing weddings and I'm DJing parties and DJing events. I manage a recording artist, Viana Marie. We're shooting music videos, so I'm all over the place. And I got to thank you and Matt for covering my butt and announcing these football games. Well, it was a great time. Funny, funny story. I'm I'm sitting there. This is like what four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. It's like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, that's right. Like, yeah. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm I'm getting ready to hit some Skyrim real hard on the Xbox. He's like, I need you in, you know, Brockton to no, it was Bridgewater to uh, call the game. I'm like, Keith, I've never done this before. He's like, you'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. You know, bring your laptop. Here's here's my Dropbox link. Download the files. Go do it. I'm like, okay. And it was really cool using my voice in a different way. And it goes back to my original thing, like. When you use your voice that way and people connect with it, you can get a crowd pumped up. That's right. That's right. You can, you can, you know, say, hey, uh, you there dropping your trash on the on the 40-yard line. <laughs> the, the trash can's 10 yards down. And people get a kick out of that. And it was just a really, I think that's when those kinds of things start happening. That I started really trying to get out of my shell and see what else I could do. And, and it's really, really cool. And I've got something for you at the end of this to kind of, you know, bring that all together. But we're at we were at the old. I hate to say that it was the South Weymouth Able Naval Air Station, and this was used heavily for many many years, mainly as a training ground for naval aviators. And we're talking about Top Gun Maverick. I've seen it. You've seen it, and now we're going to talk about it. I, I should have bought a coin to flip to see who goes first, but just show. I'll let you go first. You want to go first? Well, I think we should let you, we'll grade it first and then we'll. So, um, if I'm grading it on a scale of one to ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, I've got to give it a 5.5. 5.5. So, for me, I saw a Top Gun. I was a huge fan of Top Gun back in the day. Back, huge, huge fan. I gotta give it, it, look, if we were in the 80s still right now today, I would give it a solid 10. Yes, <laughs> if yes. We were, if we were still living in the 80s right now, watching Miami Vice and stuff, Top Gun Maverick would get a 10 across the board for me. But it's not, it's 2022. Um, I, I like what you said about the 5.5, but I gotta give this movie a solid, solid 8 and... I'll explain why I have to give it an eight. All right. So I'm going to start off with the good before the bad. Fair enough? Mm -hmm. We'll do it like that. Good, good, then bad, bad. Okay. Um, from, from a movie-making perspective and the cinematography and the soundtrack and just the visuals and how they did this and some of the you know acrobats they did in the planes, it's a solid 10. It is absolutely one of the best you know aerial film movies ever made period and is right there with the original top gun and, and there's not another you know aircraft based movie that i can point to that equals it not even if you you slide for time or anything else like that they absolutely did this amazing um some of the lingo they used was absolutely spot on with what you know, the
those people do on those ships. Um, you know, I thought Tom Cruise did his job as Maverick. He brought that all back, and the relationship he had with some of the pilots was very interesting. Um, because you know, you're gonna watch the movie, and we're we're giving spoilers here, right? Yeah, we gotta put up the spoiler alert real quick. We'll put the spoiler alert up because we don't. Even though it is more than two weeks out, we'll just we don't want people mad at. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. There's the part in the movie, right, Keith, where he comes in and absolutely waxes the whole class. It's a great scene. It's it's a great scene <laughs> great and great scene, clip. great music. And people are like, oh, that's just movies. Well, no. We have the F-35 out now. Mm -hmm. And what's happened with the F-35 is they put it up against guys in F-16s, F-15s, the F-18, and the YF-22 Raptor. And, and you know, the, these the aircraft are, like, older than our kids. These are 20, 30, 40-year-old aircraft. And these guys smoke these guys in the F-35. And it went back to that concept where they're telling us that the F-35 isn't quite dialed in with the pilots yet. They don't know how to get the most out of it, whereas these older experienced pilots know how to make these aircraft do things that aren't in the manual. And I thought that was a very good point to bring up. That wasn't just for, you know, moving Hollywood. Mm -hmm. It actually happened with a different aircraft system. And, you know, on another point that I really liked is, although I wish they had done more of it, is the F-18 is an amazing aircraft. That's right. It's an amazing One aircraft. My most favorite. Um, people don't understand and appreciate it. Kind of gets back seat to some of the other aircraft we have out there, but it has been a solid, dependable airframe for three decades. I mean, just they can change the engines out in a half hour. Both engines can land on an aircraft carrier. They can have new engines there in a half hour, and it's up in the air. They really made a lot of uh, advances with that aircraft to do its role. It's it's a dogfighter and a strike aircraft. So I really like that. And, you know, I really like the way they kind of brought the whole story back together. And I think I know what they're going to do with Top Gun 3. I'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But those are my big main things I absolutely loved about the movie. Well, you know, of course, Tom Cruise is going to be Tom Cruise. I, I, I didn't expect anything less. I love the fact that this movie paid homage to the original by taking certain scenes and, and redoing these scenes. Like when he first arrives at the base and he gets to the base and he does that ride along with the jet that's taken off, you know, that's one of the scenes. Then they even go further with a volleyball scene. They have like a football game scene, you know, and they did all the stuff right. Um, the actors were all dead on um, this thing with the son of Goose was great. I loved it. Um, there was some plot holes there in regards to keeping this promise to the wife and keeping the son back. And I felt like, I know Maverick was dealing with feeling responsible for Goose's death, but if you're Maverick, wouldn't you have said to the wife, he's better off being in the military instead of trying to keep him out. I, I just kind of felt like, why would Maverick do that? He's a military guy. Was the guilt so bad that he kept this promise to keep this kid and whitewashed him out and all this crazy stuff and kept him? 
and the best part of this whole film and why I give it a solid eight is because I found it strictly badass, badass that Val Kilmer, who we all know is on pretty much his deathbed. Yeah. He comes, reprises his role as Iceman. He's the Admiral. He's an Admiral now. And he reprises this role. He has no voice from the cancer that he's going through. So they have to put AI in for his voice. And I felt this movie for me is a solid eight because of Val Kilmer. That takes guts, courage, and a lot of balls to say, I'm going to go on set and I'm going to play this character that is iconic from yeah, the 80s yeah, yeah. and say, I'm not going to let cancer beat me. I'm doing this. And he did it. And for that, I'm giving the movie a solid eight strictly on Val Kilmer being in this film. It was, it almost, I almost had a tear. I'm not going to lie. It was crazy. No, I mean, I don't really got to hand it. You know, I know Tom gets some flack for Scientology and other things that have gone on, you know, on movie sets and some statements he's made, but you know, in that regard, that was a really classy move um, to, to, to you know, like a better term, not to oversay it, but kind of honor, you know, Val's commitment to, not commitment, but what Val did for his career because they played off so much in, in the first Top Gun. Because people forget that Val Kilmer was almost the bigger actor yeah. in, to in Top Gun. People forget because Val Kilmer had already had Willow. He already had all of these films before Tom Cruise had kind of burst on this scene. So, you know, for me, I was like, damn, Val is here, he's doing this. And I was like, man, he deserves serious props. And the fact that he allowed them to write the cancer and the loss of his voice into the story, when most actors are like, ah, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't wanna. I don't wanna be remembered that way. Yeah, he did it. And yeah. I give him props for that. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys, I, I feel like a lot of guys in the military were like, man, hoorah, this is badass, straight yeah. badass. Yeah. So, that's all the good stuff and it, and it was if, if I'm, I'm i want to preface what i say is this this i enjoy the movie but there's some stuff that makes it 5.5 for me and it picks up on the point you just said the whole naval academy thing now i've never went to annapolis i served under officers who did i know officers who've gone to west point mm -hmm. when you consider what it takes just to be accepted into one of those schools I just could not buy the fact that one pilot had that kind of pull to block somebody's, you know, career that way. That That is just a, that's a bad move. Well, I feel some of this things that he did, he did it through Val Kilmer. Because when you saw those text messages, it let you know that Val almost agreed with Tom and might have backed Tom because it seemed like once what happens to Val in the movie you know this other guy comes in and he's like well this is all going to change and but you're right you're right I felt like he, he, he did a lot to keep to, to keep this kid out it made no sense kind of all right I might make some people mad but I don't care uh oh I don't know about you Keith but I was thinking when they announced the strike mission, I'm like, this is Iron Eagle. That Iron Eagle movie where they fly through the canyon. <laughs> yes. This is Iron Eagle. This is not Navy, which led to another thought. I don't care what anybody says. Yes, the F-18 is a strike fighter. It can launch bombs. 
But this is an Air Force mission. This is a mission for the B-2 or B-1 to be at like 60,000 feet and laser guide the bombs in and, you know, we'll have a cup of coffee and see you later. This is not a Navy mission. It just wasn't. And, and you know, the other problem was, I'm going to go back to light just for, for an instant minute. I like the fact they gave the F-18 some props, but I really wish they had kind of broke down a little bit. The difference between the F-14 and the F-18, because in Top Gun, the F-4, the Tomcat makes the film. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. They really didn't go into what the Hornet did differently than the F-18, besides you don't have a guy in back. So I didn't like that. And, and I just, the whole thing, I'm like, this is an Air Force mission. This is an Air Force mission. They're going to get the B-2 from Utah. It's going to fly over there. It's going to get up to, you know, 30,000, 40,000 feet, right above radar coverage. They're going to laser guide the bombs there. It's going to turn around, refuel the KC-10s, and go home. They're not going to do all this fancy flying stuff. It's, and it's Iron Eagle. It is Iron Eagle. It's to a T. I remember, Tom, I do. And I, and, and I and just painted to the next stop. So Right down to the Sams. So I'm so glad you brought up Sams because, Keith, I was a Sam operator in the Marine Corps. A lot of people aren't in the military, but I was. Surface-to-air missile, the Hawk missile system. Those weren't Hawk missiles, but the principle is still the same. First of all, you don't... If, if this is the target right here you're trying to hit, you don't put the SAMs just all around it. You have the SAMs out here covering each other. Not on the top of a mountain where, you know, you've, if you fire... By the time you acquire that target and fire at it, that plane's already gone by you. You've got to push the missiles out a good 30, 40 miles. In the Marine Corps, we had this radar called the TPS-59, and this thing could see for three, 400 miles very easy. And we got data from that radar to feed into our radars to track targets. Aircraft from Yuma didn't know we were tracking them, but we were. They just saw the one radar tracking them. So I'm like, what is that? <laughs> And here's the other thing. Those missiles aren't like, you know, you fire a missile and it comes and it hits the aircraft. It comes at you, explodes, and these huge pellets take the aircraft down. And as we have a saying in Hawk, you can get by one of us, but you can't get by four of us shooting at you. You can't do it. And these guys flew past, you know, what? There was like six, six. <laughs> 36 missiles and, and only one of them got waxed. Tom. <laughs> And I get it, you all don't think this air defense artillery guys are out there watching this, but we are. And that just really did it for me. I'm like, oh. And then the final thing was the whole thing with... Now, Penny Benjamin was mentioned in the first Top Gun. Uh -huh. But they brought in this whole love story thing. And I got irritated, Keith. This is the last thing and then I'm pretty much uh -oh, done. the love stuff, uh-oh. Yeah, well, the love stuff, you know, I don't believe in love. So I'm like, okay, they got to <laughs> do that, but... The thing that really kind of irritated me, and I hate to say this, I'm sorry, Tom, well, no, I'm not sorry, was why are we flying a P-51 Mustang in a Navy movie? <laughs> and how does an 06 or 07, I think he's an 06 as Lieutenant Colonel, yep. afford to scratch not only buy a Mustang, maintain one, and fuel one? I mean, okay, Tom, you wanted your plane, because he owns one That's in his right. movie. 
couldn't we have gotten an F8 Corsair or an F4 Phantom or something like that? I'm just saying it just because the P-51 Keith was flown by the Army Air Corps, not even the Air Force. The Air mm -hmm. Force wasn't even a thing yet. So it's an, again, I'm thinking Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle, Iron Eagle. <laughs> I got irritated and then I was just done. And, and it, I, I feel your frustration because outside of all the things I do, my career is I'm a mechanic. I've been a mechanic since I was 16. I've worked on cars, trucks, buses. And I can feel you because it was the same way I felt when I saw Keanu Reeves in Speed. And, and I'm a mechanic and they're driving the bus and they're like, the bus has to stay over 60 miles an hour. It's gonna blow up. And I'm like, well, first of all, that's not gonna happen because a public bus is governed to stay below 60. So everybody's gonna be dead anyway because Public transit buses are governed by federal law. Number two, you can't take passengers off a bus with the rear doors open. Why? Because you have what you call as a rear door interlock. So when you open the doors of a bus accidentally while it's moving, the bus will come quickly to a stop so nobody falls out. So that was, so for me, Top Gun had its <laughs> bullshit moment. <laughs> um, for me, it's the whole scene with him and Goose's son they both end up getting shot down. They're gonna steal a MiG, steal a MiG from the base that has just been airstruck. Yet, yet, not one security person is on the airfield that just got struck and they're able to walk right onto the airfield, into the hangar, and steal a MiG. Oh, it, was, it was a Tomcat. They stole oh, that's right, that's right, they did. They stole the Tomcat. And I'm like, Okay, we have where's the security. Where's where security? That we have remote airfields that can power up a Tomcat, but I'm like, they're not mechs. What? what? <laughs> and a bombed airfield is bombed for. And that was, well, that was the other thing. Why didn't the Tomahawks take out the Sams before? Because <laughs> <laughs> the airfield was the objective for the for the Tomahawks. Well, you bring another. The, was it like fifty Tomahawks they sent for the airfield? <laughs> So bring another Arlie Burke and hit the Sam so your people won't... Oh, my God. <laughs> so that was just like, oh. <coughs> because the whole thing with the guy in the back end, guy in the bombs in, that's legit. That's legit. There are F-18s configured for that reason. They have some of them configured for just one seat, one guy operation. But there are, there, there's that configuration. I'm like, that's accurate. The, the flying through the canyon below radar cover... Well, I mean, we can see below 100 feet. Mm -hmm. We can see below 100 feet. But still, that's the right way to do it in a can confused radar. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. But I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> it's just tough. So I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm going to go see it again because I, I did. If I, if I take all that away and suspend my belief or disbelief, whatever you want to call it, I had a good time. And there wasn't, to your point, there wasn't some message yeah, from anybody. Yeah. That's the problem right now. There's a lot of people out there on Facebook, social media, and you know, and it's both sides. They're both putting that there's this message in the film, and it, there isn't. Everybody, please, there is no message in Maverick Top Gun. There, there is no message. There's nothing that cancels woke culture. There's nothing. There's. I don't even think they mention patriotism in any way it's 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 more about it's, it's just, just mission and yeah it's just there it, it there's no 
message. There's no hidden messages, people. It's a popcorn movie. Enjoy yourselves. It's typical Tom Cruise action movie. Boy just, gets just, the girl. Just like the first one. There was no message in the first Top Gun. They didn't even, hey, you know, we're you're the best of the best. Go out there and prove yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You got all these people now, they're like, oh, it's the rah-rah patriotism movie. No, it isn't. <laughs> it really isn't. No. It's a movie. Yeah, no I'm message. I'm sure the Navy's going to hope they get some you know, recruitment out of it, but like they did the first one. But And that was the funny thing, right? The Navy really helped with this one. They weren't too sure about the first one. That was a funny thing. Well, you know who you can thank for that. Who? A certain action movie director who filmed the movie Transformers because he made movie history. Michael Bay is the first director who was allowed to shoot actual footage of aircraft carriers and things of that sort. He is the first to do oh, wow. that. These are not decommissioned or out of, out of service. He was the first one to do this. Michael Bay, when he was offered this chance to shoot this, he said, you know what? I may never get this again. So when the military allowed him to shoot all this footage, he said, I'm bringing as much as I can. And he shot like hundreds and hundreds of hours. So when you watch these Transformer films and all these movies with Michael Bay with the military, all of this footage he shot in one day because the military gave him like a one day pass. And he's like, I'm just going to make use of it. I'm going to take all these crazy, amazing live shots because the military is very protective of their things. And I didn't even know in Hollywood that when you're shooting a military film, um, you're not allowed to have the patches authentic because I remember going to a movie with someone who was in the military. They said, oh, this is not authentic. The patches have to be this way. And then I looked it up and I found out that the military would no. not allow them to have the patches a certain way because that's protected. And I was like, wow, that's... that's well, you always get that, but you're right. I mean, you, they, they will not allow you to have a like-for-like -like uniform. It's got to be altered in some way. Mm -hmm. You can see it in A Few Good Men. You can see it in other, other military films, even the classic ones, even back to... Um, Apocalypse Now and, um, you know, a full metal jacket. You know, there were differences there for that reason. So they've always been that way. But um, it was a good flick. Uh, you know what? I love this. It's great talking military movies. And to be honest, <clears throat> I've talked to you about this before. I am a huge fan of military movies. And I'm looking to get Travis to review a movie that a lot of military people haven't seen. You know, when you ask people about their top five military movies of all time, everybody talks about Full Metal Jacket. Everybody talks about Apocalypse Now. Everybody talks about Top Gun. There's a movie out there that a lot of people haven't seen. When I mention this movie, they're probably gonna be like, oh my God, I thought I was the only one that saw this movie. Years ago, there was a reality movie that was almost like Blair Witch. If you guys remember Blair Witch, it was yep. filmed from this first-person perspective. Um, there's a film called Charlie Mopic 84. Charlie Mopic 84 is filmed in that Blair Witch fashion. And it's from the perspective of a military press personnel who's covering Vietnam. And I'll tell you right now, if you haven't seen this movie, and I, I think I'm going to do a group watch. We might even do a group watch, maybe invite some people from Oscar Mike to come on. Charlie Mopic 84 is one of the most emotional, gut-wrenching military films of its time. And I, I, and I guarantee you, Travis, that when you watch Charlie Mopic 84, it will jump up into one, your top 10, maybe even your top five military movies. So I'll, I'll tell you my top four right now. Um, A Bridge Too Far. Ooh. Um, Dos Boot. 
Ooh, that was a great film. Great yep. sub film. Black Hawk Down. Yes. And um, All's Quiet on the Western Front. What about the Force Force Ten from that room films? The one. Let <gasps> me say that again. Force Ten from Navarone? You never. Oh, 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 oh <laughs> David! Yeah, oh, you yeah. scared oh. me there. I was like, oh, wait, hold sorry, on. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm trying to monitor at the same time. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, you scared me, bro. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, yes. I almost, I almost fainted. No, no. Um, I can't forget that one. There's been so many. Um, there was one that a lot of people don't remember. Um, Von Ryan's Express. Yep. Frank Sinatra. Great military film. I actually cried at the end. I'm not going to lie. There's also the one that's in Africa with Humphrey Bogart, and he has his tank, uh, Lulubel. Lulu, Lulu mm -hmm. I forget the name of that one, but that was, that's, a, that's a gritty tank movie. And there's another one. If you guys haven't seen it, it's, it's kind of a cult classic. Roy Schneider, Sorcerer. And it's about a special unit who's taking nitroglycerin, truckloads of nitroglycerin, through uh, the forest to get to an objective. And as you know about nitroglycerin, it's very volatile. volatile. And these guys are going over like rope bridges and stuff and trucks with nitro. It's a great film. If you ever get a chance to see Sorcerer, it's another military film that you're like, holy Christ. <laughs> so. That's our review. We're going to do this. I'm going to have Keith back on because we're going to talk about a very favorite aircraft of ours, probably in the August September time frame. And we've got to talk about it because we're both huge fans for the same and different reasons. A lot of rumors out there. A lot of rumors out there. We don't want to spoil anything. You've got to come back. Oh, there goes a med flight. Med flight right now. We'll see if I can soundproof that. We'll see. But we're counting down to 300 you know i've got uh richard fitz jr and, and his son up next and then mistress carrie but this is truly you know gonna drop on the birthday of omr and i can say that you know this has done just so much for me um and it's still yeah you want all the likes and the follows and all this stuff but it's still about just that one show and that one person and what you said earlier being authentic but here's the thing, I got asked a while ago to, you know, write something. And this is because of Oscar Mike Radio. And I, I, I got the book, this book here, The Resilient Warrior. And I've had uh, Nick Bennis and Buzz Bryan on Oscar Mike Radio talk about their first book, The Warrior's Book of Virtues. And they did this right before COVID got started. Mm -hmm. And then I got it almost two <clears throat> years later. And it was kind of cool reading it because this book, The Resilient Warrior, you can get it on Amazon, Nick and Buzz and are, are good guys, kind of details what I went through, you know, emotionally and trying to make Oscar Mike Radio work. And, and you're mentioned in here. And so, you know, there's a little something in the front for you to read that I did for you. And, um, well, if I can find it, it's, yeah, here we, here we go. And then, um, it's a bookmark. This is an, oh, nice. this is the missile I fired in the Marine Corps. Now people think I'm, you know, this is the Hawk missile. So I know what I'm talking about when it comes to air defense. And, and even this, 
even things like this, people, these are things that me and Travis discussed. Travis had different color missiles that we were working around yeah. with. Some of the earlier shows, you might see the olive green. And then, you know, at first he went with that. And then he was like, you know what, Keith? I kind of don't like it. What are your thoughts? And I was straightforward with him. You know, I said, hey, you know, it's kind of generic. This, the red and blue pops with the white. The red, white, and blue pops. And that's now the official. I love it. So this says mission and flight. And what we say in Hawk when we fire a missile is lock through launch, missile and flight. That's to let the, the, the control man know that, hey, the missile's left the rail. We can reacquire the target. So I just adopted that to say mission and flight. And the reason is for this, Keith, is um, Hawk is not used by the U.S. anymore. And I was one of the last Hawk classes in the Marine Corps. So I want to do something to kind of tie in with my show but keep the memory alive because there's a lot of Hawkers out there. So I got these for you. A little nice. something here. This book's for you, man. I hope that you read my story and understand what an impact you've made on me. Nice, nice. Good stuff, man. Pretty freaking awesome. Awesome, Pretty awesome. awesome. I'm not gonna get choked up. I'm not gonna get choked up. You're not gonna see the big black guy crying. No crying, <laughs> no crying. But he is sporting the Oscar Mike Radio shirt from Authentically American. I'm repping the uh, Alpha Bravo Custom Designs hat. You know, it's just an example of, of things that have happened to the show over the years. And I don't know what the next six years are going to be, but, you know, we didn't, we weren't thinking I was going to do calling football games or being part of books or, you know, coming up with, you know, different kinds of, you know, merch ideas. None of that was, we were just trying to get a show out. And you've had some people reach out to you for audiobooks, correct? That you're kind of working correct. on behind the scenes. You're well, okay. The yeah, yeah. Too. No, well, it's not behind the scenes anymore. He, he I'm to chapter four right now. Malachius Gaskin, who wrote A Warrior's uh, Garden, he's out in Tennessee. Asked me to do his audiobook for him, and you know I'm going to do the audiobook, and all the sales will go back to his organization. So, it, this stuff like that, the starting to really happen for me, and I just I can't wait to see what's next, man. I'm glad you're along for the ride, and I'm glad you're there to. And I, I just want to point out <clears throat> for anybody watching this show who's thinking about doing podcasting, sometimes the success of a podcast isn't the podcast itself, as as you are now seeing from him. Sometimes the success is what you gain to do outside of your podcast, like the audio books. For me, I've been podcasting since 2000. Um, my DJing has gone up because people watch my podcast and say, oh my God, he's a DJ, and I get hired for DJ gigs. I do sports announcing because of my voice. I've done cage ring announcing for MMA fights and things of that sort. So when people say I'm not making money off my podcast, trust me, you can make money off your podcast. It's the things that come to you outside of it. And if it comes to you outside of your podcast, take it, take it and, and, and run with it because that's going to be the way that's going to get your podcast traction, notice and bring other things to you. Another way of saying that is, you know, and this happened with number 120 and Steve Kimball, you know, we're talking he's like, okay, we did this show in Dunkin' Donuts. That was kind of weird, but I get it. And, and I said, you know, what did you think? He's like, you know. I don't know much about podcasting, but if you take your show and try to add value to the guest or the subject, I don't think you'll be too far off the mark there, Travis. And so I think that's what you're saying is figure out a way you can take what you do and add value to whatever else is out there and you won't you won't be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I swear by it. <laughs> well, 
I, I, I am just happy to have Keith on for number 298. We're looking to do some very cool stuff uh, in the future. We've, you're watching this show on Brockton Cable Access. You're watching this on Avenue Community Access. That is because of Keith Hayes and Sinister One. If this is what he can do with my show, he can help you out with your show. Keith, I'm just happy to have you here, and thank you for coming out tonight. No, it's great stuff. It's great to finally be on the show. It's great to connect with all those OMR viewers. I'm pretty ecstatic. And, hey, all you guys who are in his chat, I love it. I love oh, yeah. popping into his show live, and I love seeing everybody with their with their chat going on and, and, and saying what they like about the show. You've had some great guests on your show, and I love it. I, I love it. I love the fact that you go to places, and it's funny. You know, you talk about people recognizing you now. That was part of upgrading the show. You had this OMR generic logo, and I said, we need to put the face out there. It's time. And as soon as we changed over the logo that featured you in the picture, you saw it when you went down to TPP. Yeah. You know, the toilet paper pyramid event. And yeah. people noticed you. You you hit me. You, you texted me right after it happened. It's like... That was in uh, Collierville, Tennessee, and uh, like four people, like, hey, I, you know, I know who you are because we had been working with uh, Commander Walker, the, uh, who was the VFW commander at the time. So uh, it, it just works, and it, it is about what Lieutenant Colonel said is is letting people who are outside, you know, come in, and, and if they have a skill set and they're willing to help you out, let them in. It won't hurt. It certainly didn't Thank hurt me. Thank you, Mr. McGregor. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you, Mr. McGregor, man. Yes, sir. Man, yeah, because that's, that's what did it. He had already won an award, but... When I heard you say that to him, I said, it's time for me to say what I've been wanting to say to him. And I knew it was going to be hard, but he trusted me. And Oscar Mike is looking the way it is today because this man trusted me and we worked together. And that's exactly what we did. Best is yet to come. Best is yet to come. This is Keith Hayes, uh, my co-producer, the head of Sinister One Productions and Hoobazoo, along with Tony Arnold. And Tony, thank you for all your help in the background. Can't, can't forget you. Um, you know, he's a quiet, like silent partner, but he's not so silent when he wants to be. And, um, you know, I'm Travis Oscar Mike Radio. I'm hoping to be here for another six, 18 years. And uh, thank you for being a part of this show tonight.